No. I'll tell you what the problem is. You never liked history because it was taught poorly. You were made to memorize numbers. You were made to read about people. Then there was no in-depth analysis. You didn't really know who they were. This is why we need to humanize history. Lucky for you, there's a podcast called the Humanizing History Podcast. It's a show about people in history that have had an impact on our world. We will be exploring what made them important. But our main focus will be on who that person was outside of well-known records. We will be diving deep into who these people were, what they hated, who they loved, and other less known information about their lives in order to show the world that no one is perfect. We are all human and we make mistakes, but that doesn't mean we can't be great and have a profound impact on tomorrow. Enjoy the show. Before we get started with today's episode, just want to give a huge shout out to Jonathan and Jasmine for sending us that great intro recording. Remember, if you want to be part of the show, just send in your recording and you too can be at the beginning of a Humanizing History podcast episode. Enjoy the show. And welcome to Humanizing History. I'm Nick Downey. I'm Cliff Boone. And thank you for joining us tonight. How you doing, Cliff? I'm doing well, Nick. Had a pretty relaxing weekend. Nice. Didn't have a whole lot to do for once. How about you? I had a really busy weekend. Yeah. Uh, my brother moved into his house, so we got the obligatory come help us move call. So yeah. we went and helped him move. It was my niece's second birthday and helped set up that and had a good time there too. That was so. probably a rager. Oh, you all know had it. hangovers the next day and uh, everything. Of course, yeah. of course. Today at work was just an <laughs> awful day because I was so hungover <laughs> off of juice boxes and uh, <laughs> birthday cake. And all that applesauce, man. Uh. It's all about the sauce. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but no, overall, you know, doing pretty good. Good deal. Well, now, I'm sure everybody is excited. I know I'm excited about this mystery character that you are covering today. Oh, yeah, the mystery character that I gave a little clue about. What was my clue last week? Your clue was... Um, Special recipe, I think it was. I believe so. Okay, you'll have to go back and listen to it. It was a really cheesy line, but... Yeah, no, I'm excited. So... The reason why, before I go into who I am covering, is the reason why I, I went into this is my dad and I went up north uh, to Flagstaff a few weeks ago, and we were talking about the podcast, and he's super stoked about you know what we're doing, he's listening in, and he just starts talking about different people in history, and I was like, oh, I had no idea that my dad knew this much about history. So we had some really good conversations, and I don't know if you've noticed, or if you've experienced this. You had a lot more people talk to you about historical things and some really cool conversations. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's something that is just sparking these conversations where I'm learning things about new people or people that I already knew about, but sides of them that I didn't know about. And I wouldn't have known anything about, not necessarily that I didn't know anything about the person we're covering today, but he has a history that I would have never guessed about and some really, really cool stories. Today, I am going into The Colonel. Colonel Sanders. Ooh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay. Are you, are you a KFC fan? I, I dig KFC. Yeah, extra Good. crispy. I only like their chicken. I think everything else tastes like garbage, but okay. their chicken. So I, I love their mashed potatoes, and their biscuits are great when they're fresh. Oh, see, I think their mashed potatoes and their gravy, oh, their gravy tastes like melted plastic. So I'm not a big fan of their gravy either. Okay. But oh, but potatoes. you like their mashed potatoes. I love the potatoes, okay. yeah. See, I'd go to Popeye's a hundred times before I'd go to KFC. 
Yes, Popeyes is good. Churches, I think, is better than Popeyes. I've never had churches. Churches chicken is awesome. Because dude. I feel like no matter where I go, the churches is always right next to or in a gas station. So I'm always a little leery. That's true. And I guess the last time I had one, it was way down south in Phoenix, and I probably <laughs> shouldn't have eaten there. But all I can think of is if any of you guys are from Phoenix, the one on Bethany Home and 19th Ave, like that total like rundown area oh yeah and yeah it, there's some shady characters always standing in front of that church's chicken so my friend randy if you're listening nick doesn't talk he doesn't mean that about that area <laughs> i'm sorry randy <laughs> i love that area my wife actually grew up not too far from that area so i grew up right there too and actually the hospital right there my yeah. brother was born at i want to say bethany was was bethany born there I, I can't remember if my wife was born there but i know some you know, I know people from her family have been born there. So. Yeah. I used to bowl right there, too, at that bowling alley. Apparently that bowling alley is super nice now. Well, it was super nice then. It's yeah. always been nice because yeah. they always redid it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I had my bowling championship there. My dad bowled there. My time mom out, time out. There. Bowling championship. Championship. So you're like, did you win? No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. But you competitively bowled. Yeah, yeah. And it was Yabba. I forget what it is now. It's Young American Bowling Association, I think. That's cool. But yeah, I love bowling. Are you are you still good at bowling? I, uh, mm-hmm. No, I haven't bowled in forever. But like when like the last time I went was in California. When we went there, my wife had a conference, and Willie and I, I had to do something with my son. I'm like, let's go bowling. Yeah. You know? And uh, so he's getting into it. But I think I bowled like a 185 or something. You know, nothing crazy. But it was with a house nothing ball. Nothing crazy. That's that. And it that's, was a straight. A like, 185 is a, is a de- is a decent score though. <sighs> For, for the average person. I guess so. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I do love bowling. Yeah. And if I got back into it, I need to get my shoes. I need to get my curveball. Oh, I need to get everything dang. going. Okay. Again. Okay. I had... So we were talking about wrestling before on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I had a Kevin Nash NWO, NWO bowling ball. Really? Yes. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Kevin Nash is a wrestler. Okay. okay. And the NWO is like, you know, the... I don't know, some stupid group on... on wrestling okay wwe or wf whatever it is but that was when i was like 12 so so you've always said you're not a sports guy but obviously there is one sport that you are into is bowling a sport though oh 100 okay then i'm totally into bowling i'll never watch it but so that's like how i am with all sports though i'll go to games Mm -hmm. i just won't watch it on tv i'll play games i love throwing the football around i love playing baseball i just hate watching watching it. it that to me is no fun the funny thing is the older i get the less sports i watch I'm, I'm very particular about the sports I watch now. Like, I'll sit down. I love baseball. Baseball is my go-to sport, always has been. So I can sit down and watch a baseball game. Most people think I'm crazy because they think baseball's slow. I love it. Yeah. Football I can watch a little bit. Basketball, as I've gotten older, I can't watch. And I know my family is going to curse me for those words because I live in a basketball family. And hockey. Hockey's great in person. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So... For you guys, I actually got my broadcasting start in hockey. So I did broadcasting for the NAU or Northern Arizona University hockey team back in college about 12, oh gosh, about 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago. We're getting old. We are getting old. (laughs) I've almost, it's almost been longer since I started high school than I've been out of high school. Oh, isn't that scary? It's one of those, yeah, it's, it is scary. We're in the middle of purchasing a lizard for our kid. Mm -hmm. And so we're at PetSmart the other day. If I can say that. We're at PetSmart and we're talking and they're like, oh, well, do you know anything about animals? And I'm like, like I used to work at PetSmart, you know, yeah. years ago. And I think back and I'm like, I was 17 
that was 16 years ago. <laughs> I'm like, this kid's barely 16. He was getting born when I was working there. That's like, crazy. Oh my gosh. That's insane. Well, anyways, now that you've learned so much more about our lives, let's go into the life of good old Colonel Harlan Sanders. So, when you think of fried chicken, is, is KFC probably one of the first places you think about? Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would say for most of the world, KFC, and I, we'll talk about this later, but KFC is worldwide. So, I think when, when a lot of people think about fried chicken, one of their first thoughts is KFC, a.k.a. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. Kentucky Fried Chicken was founded on September 24th, 1952 by Colonel Harlan Sanders. And, uh, you know, thanks to this glorious man, we've been able to enjoy those 11 herbs and spices ever since that time. So I I love KFC chicken, so it's going to be good to go into this. So, But as I said, the reason we're going to talk about this guy is my dad told me some crazy stories. So I want to dive into that. So, so. I, there are two things that I know about KFC. That I, There are two things... That are rumored about KFC that I know about. Okay. So the whole changing their name from Kentucky Fried Chicken to KFC was because they quit using chickens, so they couldn't legally call it Kentucky Fried Chicken. I had never heard that. Okay, so that was one thing. Okay. Because it used to be Kentucky Fried Chicken, and then it changed to KFC. Okay. So there are rumors out there that, well, they're not using chickens anymore, <laughs> so they can't call it Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay. And you don't want to know what they're using, so they just change it to KFC. Okay. And then the other thing that I thought was fascinating was, and I want to say it's China, KFC is huge. Mm-hmm. And so they have, like, for Christmas dinner, that's that's what they have. They have yep. KFC. So they, like, you have to order months in advance. Yep. So do you go over this? So I don't go over this okay, because cool, it, cool. it's not about his life, but Japan and China, just Asian cultures, mm-hmm. it's huge. Yeah. It is absolutely gigantic over there. And I, I read that if you want it for Christmas dinner, literally you have to order out three to four months in advance. So you know the company, I always pronounce it wrong, it's like Huawei, it's an electronics, yeah, yeah, yeah. electronics company. Yeah. I want to say two, three years ago, in China specific or China only, they came out with a red KFC phone. That had a special app interface no and way. ringtones and things all based around KFC. Okay, we we have Apex. We we have hit the limit. Life is too easy. Oh yes, and <laughs> there's some other things that we'll talk about with KFC in here that that are pretty crazy. They think of everything and they're so outside of chicken these days. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. But let's 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 go back to its roots. So we're gonna talk about. The Colonel. So the Colonel was born in Henryville, Indiana on September 9th, 1890. Okay. So quite a while back. I didn't realize it was that long long ago. Well, what? Was he like 60 then when he formed KFC? He was very old when KFC started. So that was one thing that really stuck out to me. We had to be, what, 70 then almost? No, he was 60, 62. Okay, all right. When KFC, what we know is KFC opened. And we'll talk about that. He was born Harlan David Sanders, so I will refer to him sometimes as Harlan instead of calling him the Colonel or Sanders all the time. So if I say Harlan, that's who I'm talking about. Uh, Sanders was the eldest of three children. Unfortunately, at the age of five, his father unexpectedly passed away. I looked and I could not see what he had passed from, but he did die at a very young age. Part of me wonders if he was like pecked to death by chickens. (laughs) I'm going to get back at you. So with his, with his dad passing away, he was often left to take care of his siblings while his mother had to try to provide for, for them. I mean, I, that was kind of just the natural role that came out. Uh, his mom worked at a tomato cannery 
along with uh, looking after his siblings, he eventually took over the cooking in the house. So by the age of seven, it's reported that he had mastered the art of cooking breads and vegetables. Wow. Yeah. Kids are so helpless nowadays. At seven, he was doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Cooking for his family, cooking for kids that are younger than him. At seven years old, he had mastered that. Apparently, it took him a, lo- a little bit longer to get the ability to cook meat. And meat, I don't blame you. Meat's hard to cook. And you can th- just throw some vegetables onto a skillet and... Roast it, yeah. Yeah, and they'll cook fine. As long as you don't burn it, everyone's right. still going to you know, live. <laughs> exactly. I still to this day have tr- trouble cooking steak. And I, I consider myself a fairly good cook. For some reason, steak gets me. Maybe that's why I don't like steak as much as the other... Maybe. It's other easy meats. on the grill. It is easy on the grill. But then again, I've seen people royally screw up steaks on a grill. Yeah. We royally screwed up burgers the other day. Did you? Yeah, we were making burgers. And uh, I didn't realize the... Grill hadn't been cleaned out in quite a while. Okay. So I threw some burgers on there, threw some hot dogs on, shut the lid, went back to my drink, talking, BSing, went to flip them, and there's flames coming out of them. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and so I open it up, and they're charred black. Oh. They were just p- hockey pucks. I hate that. It's usually because there's a, such a big fat content to them. Yep. That I did the exact same thing at my brother's bachelor party. Like, one side was just charred. The other side was cooked <laughs> perfectly, so I put the cheese on the charred side, so it totally covered them they're like these are so good i'm like yeah they are (laughs) but anyways let's go back so as you can imagine so sanders didn't have a lot of food options because they were poor they had they only had his mother's salary to live off of so a lot of times they were foraging for food while their mother was working as well so going outside getting dirty finding food and just kind of cooking with whatever they had uh, when Sanders was 12 in 1902, his mother was remarried and they moved to Greenwood, Indiana. Unfortunately, Sanders had an absolutely horrible relationship with his stepfather. They did not see eye to eye. Didn't necessarily, I couldn't necessarily find out why, but he just hated the guy. Okay. Okay. And at the age of 13, he's like, I'm done. So he drops out of school and moves out. 13 years old. Then again, this is the same guy that at 7 years old was cooking. But 13 years old, he moved out. Apparently, the reasons why he moved out was his obviously his relationship with his stepfather. And he had a huge dislike or disdain of algebra. And that's what dropped. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he hated algebra, so he's like, I'm done with school. I'm out. Peace. Same. <laughs> I had a really bad math teacher. Like, I was in all the advanced math classes, had one mat- bad math of course, I'm going to blame the math teacher. But had one bad class and hated math ever since. There was a time in my life where I thought I was going to be an architect. Like, if you asked me at, like, 15 or 16 years old, I was like, yeah, I'm going into some sort of math base. Had one bad class. Screw it. I'm going into business or something else. I was in the advanced math classes, too. <laughs> Until something in my life changed. And I just, yeah, got tired of it. You were in high school? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so he leaves at 13 because he hates algebra, hates his grand, or not his grandfather, his stepfather, and he took a job painting horse carriages in Indianapolis. So he moved out and moved to Indianapolis and eventually moved to southern Indiana and worked as a farmhand when he was 14 years old. Wow. So he did a lot in a year. Uh, yeah. So he moved out when he was 13. He had two different jobs, moved twice. Right. And at the age of, tw- this all happened in like a span of like two years. Okay. Hates his Stepfather, screw you, I'm out, I'm moving away, and just at a very young age, he was very independent. Partially because he had to be, because of his mom and his dad, and his dad passing, but part of it, I think he would just 
hated his family, so. Okay. I can just see. This guy sounds like a fighter. Oh, 100%. I can just totally picture him throwing down with somebody over, like, a shortage of coins or something. <laughs> Funny you mention that. We'll talk about some uh, some situations just like that. Okay. So, he definitely is a fighter, and uh, it shows throughout his career. But, like you mentioned, you did the math. He was very old before he started KFC. And so he had a ton of jobs. Just in, in those two years, he had, what, two jobs? Yeah. So we're going to go into what he did prior to being, you know, the king of chicken. He became the king of chicken, you know, much later in life. In fact, prior to finding success in his restaurants, he held a number of jobs. And while, while I was reading this list, I would have never thought this would have led him to become a cook. Like, the jobs that he had were so far from restaurants that it just was like okay this is weird i personally am big into like cooking shows and things like that so you hear about these people all the time that i hated corporate america so i became a chef yeah and i'm so envious of those people sometimes it's like yeah well for every one that you that made it five thousand of them didn't oh and went right back to corporate america right right 100 percent, 100 percent. but he was i mean he's one of those people that that took the took the turn and and changed his life and did a whole different career but uh, it all started in 1906 when Harlan was only 15 years old. Uh, Sanders was a- able to actually falsify documents to alter his age to join the army at 15. Okay, so this is now a theme. Yeah, <laughs> it is. We've talked about this multiple times within our podcasts. Yeah, just last week with, with Audie Murphy. Right. I can't fathom trying to do that. You can't do that these days. No. It sounds like it was so easy back then. I really think it was like what I said. They just have their birth certificate and they just draw an eight on it instead of seven. And they're like, yeah, see, we're all good. You know. The other thing, too, is do you wonder, like, did younger people look older then? Did everybody look younger and so he could pass? When I look at a 15-year-old and an 18-year-old, I can still tell the difference. There's a big change that happens sure. in those three years. I'm still waiting for that change. <laughs> yeah, Cliff's voice hasn't dropped. <laughs> except, except it's deeper than mine, so. <laughs> so, but I think that's also the way everyone dressed. Because if you look at it, everybody dressed in, well, not everybody. Most people dressed in suits with a hat. So it was easy to kind of make yourself look like you were older than you actually were. I could see you that. You throw a suit on, you throw a hat on, mm-hmm. a trilby or whatever that's called. Yeah. You're going to look a little bit older, you know. I could definitely see that. So yeah, today you know somebody that's older in the professional world is going to dress much different than a teenager. Mm-hmm. So no, I could, I could understand that. And also, obviously, you know, at this point, it was pen and paper, very easily forged documents. Where now it's all digital, and yeah, and we talked about this in, in our last episode. But anyway, he was able to falsify those documents, join the U.S. Army, and he actually served in Cuba. For a number of months. This was 1906, so World War One started at that point. 1914. So I don't think we were quite at World War One. 1914. I was right. Right. So a lot of things that you'll read online is that he was like a. The reason he got the name Colonel was he was a war veteran of World War Two or World War One. As I talked to Cliff earlier, and I'll let you guys know, is trying to do research on Colonel Sanders was extremely difficult because there are so many stories out there that are 100% false. So I had to dig and dig and dig and like cross-reference and make sure that this thing said the same thing as this site in this book or whatever it may be. Colonel Sanders did not earn his title Colonel 
from being in the military because he only served in Cuba for another couple months and he was honorably discharged. I couldn't figure out why he was honorably discharged, but I am assuming that they figured out how old the kid he was. was. He was 15 years old, so they shipped him out. And they didn't want to get in trouble, so they're just like, just just go. Just, just go. go. Just go home. So, so, yeah, but at the age of 15, he's already held a number of jobs. He's already been in the military. I don't think he saw any combat, but still, that's, that's a big step for a 15-year-old. Yeah. So he comes back home. He starts a whole bunch of other jobs. He had jobs such as being a farmhand, streetcar and train conductor, steamboat operator, uh, salesman of life insurance and car tires, and other weird jobs. Okay, this is just hitting off one wall and hitting the other wall. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah, literally. Any type of job you can think of, any odd jobs or sales or this or that, he did. Like, so Was he just like king of networking? I think he was just king of, he never was really good at anything. And so he just oh, okay. would try other things. Yeah, but people keep giving him jobs. How do you go from salesman to train conductor? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like I know people that are like that too, even today. And it's like, how how do you do that? Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of like that. I've been right. a, a landscaper, a welder. I've worked on air conditioners. I've been a janitor. Right. Now you're <laughs> now in I'm IT. IT. So yeah, you've, you've done a lot too. I get. I have done sales too. You've done I sales. I've kind of been all over the yeah. place. That whole list of jobs. Does, does any of that sound like somebody that would become? A, you no, know? absolutely not. No. There are, however, two jobs that really stuck out to me. So if you thought these ones were weird, these ones are really going to be like blow your mind. This has nothing to do with you being a chef. And there's some really cool stories with this. So first, Harlan was a lawyer for three years. <laughs> Ow. Did he go to law school? So, this is actually, I thought, I found this fascinating. So, he actually studied law at night. Okay. So, he would work during the day, study law at night. And at this time, his dream was to become this world-renowned attorney. Okay. Now, then again, I think his dream changed a lot throughout his life. But at this point, he wanted to be one of the greatest attorneys of all time. And what I found interesting about studying at night is he earned his degree through what's called correspondence courses. This would be like an online degree today, basically. It would be, he would get his materials and his assignments mailed to him. He would do it all at night. He would do take his tests, do his assignments and whatever, and mail it back. Okay. Okay, so he did this for a number of years and became an attorney. If that doesn't say persistence and hard work, I don't know what else will. Because yeah, that is so. I've taken online classes and that's hard. But could you? I I, I didn't even think that this was a thing. Did you? Have you ever heard of correspondence courses? No, no. I know that there's online courses, but I, I didn't know anything. It seems like fraud would be so easy. You know, if you're mailing here, here's all the, your material. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But this I mean, is also the guy that went to the military at 15. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. He already committed fraud. Right. Right. So it wouldn't be wouldn't be unlike him. But I don't think he did. For those three years, he was actually quite a successful attorney. He practiced law in Little Rock, Arkansas, and like I said, he was actually quite successful. He even won a case that provided a better settlement to victims of a train accident. And what stood out to me with this is the victims were mostly black. Okay. So once again, we're talking about somebody who was 
for the rights of African Americans. Total sidebar, I think if we all come down to it, I feel like most people want equality. I, I know it's a big topic in today's world, but I think since the beginning of man, we all want to see people prosper. And so, sorry, I'm going to get off my soapbox. But I just, I was when I read this, I was like, man, I feel like everybody we've talked about, usually, except for Henry Ford. But see, Henry Ford, he paid blacks equal wages. That's he paid true. white That's people. That's true. And women the he same way. He just hated way. Jews. It was Jews yeah. that he hated. So, yeah, I, I just thought this was cool. So even back then... He, he fought for the rights of, of African Americans. Unfortunately, the successful law career of the colonel was cut short. And like we were just talking about, it seems like the type of guy that would get in a fight, right? Oh, yeah. So, it was due to him getting into a courtroom brawl. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> what was even more unique about this one was, it wasn't like it was against the other party in the case. It was against his own client. No way. So he fought his own client. And the funny thing is you said it was over pennies. Apparently this was due to his client owing him money. Oh, that's awesome. I don't I didn't know Nick was going on about any of this. It just honestly sounded like everything you're telling me like this is the type of guy that would just 100%. No. You you gave me a dollar 7, you owed me a dollar 93. And the guy just, you know, gets in a fight over it. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. That is 100% what happened. In court. In court. In the courtroom. Awesome. So, this type of violence was actually something, as I've mentioned, you know, very common in his life. And he actually lost multiple jobs due to brawls or fights. So, this was not his first, and it wasn't his last. We won't talk about any more of his fights, but yeah, this was something that, that just came up many, many times. So as I mentioned, there, there was two jobs that really stuck out to me. The second one that caught my attention was Sanders spent time as an amateur obstetrician. That's right. The colonel delivered babies as okay. a side hustle. So he's the one that wore the t-shirt. I'm not a gyno, but I'll take a look. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pretty much. So yeah, so not even as a full-time job, he delivered babies. And clearly, he's amateur, so he doesn't have the degree or the licensing to do this. So I just picture, he's walking down Main Street one day, probably a bottle in his hand, do-do-do-do-do, and, oh no, help, I'm going into labor. It's okay, ma'am. I was just in a fight as an attorney. Let me, let me have a look-see. <laughs> take a hit of this, it'll take the edge <laughs> off. <laughs> so, the reason was, is he was living in Corbin, Kentucky at the time. And it's just an extremely poor area, at least at this time. And they didn't have many doctors. And Sanders was quoted, well, there's no one else doing it. Then the, the husbands can't afford it. Their wives were pregnant. So he just started to, decided to deliver babies. He's an entrepreneur. He needed the money. This guy was broke <laughs> as a joke until, until later in life. So literally he just did this because he had to. <laughs> but that is so awesome. Yeah, I see a need. People need to have babies born. I'm just going to. Hey, it's gonna give it. But could could you imagine just having Mr. Harlan down the road just deliver your baby? No, <laughs> no, I could not. <laughs> yeah, I, just I don't some get dude. It. Oh, you're a doctor? No, no, I'm an attorney. Oh, um, no. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I thought that was crazy. But you know, before he was this culinary mastermind that we know today, uh, Harlan Sanders found very little success right before he made it big with chicken. And even at one point in his lifetime, 
the only income he was getting was Social Security. No way. Yeah. yeah. So this guy was extremely... No, I don't want to say... He was poor. He somehow made it. Like, it wasn't like he was homeless or anything. And as you can see, he did whatever he could for a buck. He's got baby delivering money. <laughs> right. Exactly. That can't be cheap, right? Back in those days, people were popping out 20 kids. So he's probably got money to spare. <laughs> he's doing it on the cheap, too. He's getting the... Uh, the old Walmart special, you know, baby <laughs> delivery discount. <laughs> Rolling back baby prices. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, really odd jobs. Not None that I would have ever thought, oh yeah, this guy's going to be a cook. Or come up with one of the greatest ideas for a fast food chain. So we got amateur gyno, we got attorney, what's next? Well, that was it. Oh, okay. So I didn't go in anymore, so I just wanted to cover those two. It wasn't like he was a an obstetrician and then went into chicken he he some of like the tire salesman and stuff happened after this but those were the two that really just stuck out to me and had some really cool stories about it i'd love to see a resume written about him like i would love to see what he wrote down Mm -hmm. for a resume or if he even had a resume well i'm sure he didn't back in the day but Mm -hmm. i'd love to see what it would look like now (laughs) if he wrote it yeah because can you imagine your wife is a manager can Mm -hmm. you imagine her getting one of the what the hell? Oh my gosh, she would just laugh and laugh, and I'd get a picture of it. <laughs> no, but, I wouldn't. But part of me would say, okay, well, this guy clearly can do stuff, but he doesn't keep a job longer than You wouldn't a believe year. it. No, That's you the whole thing. You'd look at this and go, okay, oh, he, he was a lawyer, and he delivered babies, he's a tire salesman? What? Throw this away. This guy's right. joking. Right, His right. name's Harlan? Harlan? No. Yeah. <laughs> I do know a Harlan, though. Do you? <laughs> I do. He goes to church with us. I think I may have met him. His it's, wife, Jasmine. Yeah, I think I have. The name sounds familiar. I have. Because, okay, we'll, we'll talk about it off we'll air. But, off, yeah, yeah, no, I've met him, and I met him when I met you, and I don't think you remember the first time I met you, and we'll talk about that oh. off, off mic. Me and Bethany were talking about it earlier this week. Dick? No, you're super okay. cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing we're going to talk about, as we always do, what is one topic we always Love life. we got to talk about the love life. However, before we go into it, it was really hard to find information about Colonel Sanders' love life, and not because of what you would think. So, next time you go on Google, and you listeners as well, go and Google Colonel Sanders' love life. So, the first, like, five or four or five links, for at least for me when I was searching Oh my gosh. Is a KFC dating simulator. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So apparently in in 2019, KFC released a video game in which you try to earn your culinary degree and also find love. And, and, and I kid you not, this is the name of the game. I love you, Colonel Sanders, a finger licking good dating simulator. I am looking at this right now. It is on Steam. You can go and you can get this game and it is free. It's on Steam? It's on Steam. Oh, I am totally downloading it. And it's free. And the developer is PSYOP. The publisher is KFC. Yep. And the reviews, very positive. It's probably hilarious. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That was the last thing I would have thought. The most delicious dating simulator (laughs) ever created. Um, And the funny thing is, this is not the only video game we'll talk about in this episode. We'll talk about another one later. <laughs> but I would have never... Like, it was just one of those things. I'm I'm trying to research Colonel Sanders and 
It wasn't like, you know, sometimes you type in something and like the first one is like a joke or like something fake or a sponsored ad. I'm like, no, that just has to be something stupid. Oh, wait, I have to scroll down to get to to Colonel Sanders' actual love life. (laughs) (laughs) Like I told you, this was really hard to find accurate information because there's so much crap to dig through. I'm looking at reviews right now. This person has 212 hours playing this game. Oh my gosh. He says it never gets old. <laughs> that is awesome. 12... 212 hours? Holy cow. Apparently if you can't get a, a woman in real life, you can get one in, in KFC oh land. Gosh. Huh. Okay, well, we digress. <laughs> so let's actually hop into Sanders' actual love life. He was uh, married twice in his life. Unfortunately, it was, like I said, it was tough to find information on his love life, partially because of this video game, (laughs) but also because KFC doesn't like to highlight Colonel Sanders' love life, mostly because of his first marriage. So, at 19, Harlan married his first wife, Josephine King. During their 38 years of marriage, the two had three children. Unfortunately, Sanders was known to cheat on his wife a lot. So, it is believed that the reason he did cheat on his wife so much was because his wife was not keen on being intimate with him. Okay. Apparently, after they had their third kid, Josephine was like, yeah, I don't want to have a sexual relationship with you anymore. Okay. So, after... and, And... so they probably had go their kids him. early on in their marriage because they were. she was 19. Can you imagine yeah. being married for 38 years and nope. your wife going, yeah, I don't want to have sex with you. So he was spreading his herbs and spices Yeah, he was elsewhere. spreading his herbs and spices elsewhere. Okay. And after the divorce, a family member was quoted at saying, Sanders found what he needed in other places. So I don't condone cheating at all, but I kind of understand how hard that would be. I, You know... I go two weeks without it, I'm exploding. You can go two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, marriage is awesome. Yeah. With the right person. And that is a very big part of marriage. <laughs> yeah, it is. So you can't, it, it'd be like if you just tell your wife, you know, I just don't like talking to you anymore. I'm just not going to listen to what, anything you have to say mm-hmm. forever. Right. We're done talking. Right. I'm sure that wouldn't fly. No. And and this would this would be extremely hard as well. So he like I said, he he found his his needs in other places, and one of those other places ended up being a woman by the name of Claudia Leddington. She was a waitress at Sanders' first restaurant. And after two years of seeing Claudia behind Josephine's back, Sanders divorced Josephine and married Claudia less than a year later in 1949. Claudia would go on to be Harlan's main support throughout his entire chicken career <laughs> and uh, was married to him all the way until he died in 1980. Okay. So th- their marriage lasted a very long time. But his first marriage lasted a long time as well. That's so true. It just that'd be really, really hard. It sounds like the second marriage is a little bit more finger licking good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Yes, it is. So one of the reasons I wanted to cover Sanders' love and family life was due to some crazy stories that the internet has concocted about his family life. So as I've mentioned, there's a lot of stories out there that aren't true at all, 
but just have kind of in the myth and the legend of Colonel Sanders have been adopted into who he is. So there are a couple stories that are false that are out there. Uh, the first one is there's a story that his first wife actually left him due to his lack of success in money. And due to the heartbreak, he attempted to win her back, but when she denied him, he attempted suicide, but failed. Okay, so that is one of these stories that is not true, gotcha. but has been kind of adopted into the, the myth and the legend of okay. who Colonel Sanders was. Uh, the other myth pertains to his daughter. So once again, it surrounds the story of the divorce. And according to the story, after the divorce, Josephine took the children and did not allow Harlan to see them. So he hired someone to attempt to kidnap his daughter. And this one you see a lot out there, but it's not true. Unfortunately, the kidnapping was unsuccessful within the story. However, doing further research, I concluded that it was just fake. Like there, there was no, there's no substance behind it. And I read a lot of different articles that said, you see the story, it's not true. What I did learn, though, was that the internet, for whatever reason, just has created this legendary character for him. So that's, I mean, that's really the story of Colonel Sanders' love life. Once again, I feel like all the, a lot of the people we talk about, their love life suck. Yeah. Then again, we probably wouldn't be talking about their life, love life it was, if it was a good one. Who's, and that's true. So Henry Ford had a good love life with mm-hmm. his wife. We didn't talk we about didn't it really at all. We didn't really talk about it at all. No. But I mean, it was kind of overshadowed by, you know, him hating Jews. Right, right. Abraham Lincoln. We didn't really talk about yeah. love life too much there. And I'm trying to think who else. And ben, ben Franklin we covered yeah, well, he in was detail. A, yeah, he was a womanizer. So it's just interesting how it can shape so much of your life. Yeah. And and it's a constant with, with everybody. So, yeah, I think I think this is a good time to take a little break. Uh, we're gonna go into the uh, the chicken empire uh, after the break, so stay tuned. But uh, thank you for listening to Humanizing History. We'll be right back. And welcome back. So we left off at Colonel Sanders' love life, and we talked about some of his past jobs. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to dive into the actual chicken empire. Sounds good. Yeah, we're going to jump into where it all started. So, you know, I've been jumping back and forth with dates and jobs. And, you know, I did say that 1952 is when the first KFC opened. And there's a lot of other things that go along with it. So you're going to hear a lot of dates that you're like, well, that doesn't line up with this or it doesn't line up with that. It all lines up, but he did a lot of cooking things throughout his career. So 1952 is when the KFC that we know today opened up, but we'll talk about that a little bit more. So I don't want people to think, well, these dates don't line up. He's not accurate. So then did he, throughout all of his careers, did he kind of still have a passion for cooking the entire time? Oh, not really, but... There, I just what I don't want people to get confused with is I'll have dates that are before 1952. Mm-hmm. That yes, he did have restaurants and things, but KFC wasn't until 1952. A different entity, right? Okay, right. So I just don't want there to be confusion when we go into this. So, just just starting off with that. But yeah, in 19, 1924, the Colonel hit his lowest point financially. Basically, to find a fresh start. He went and moved to Kentucky again uh, to work for the Michelin Tire Company as a salesman. So this was one of his jobs. 
While working for the tire company, he was introduced to the GM of Standard Oil of Kentucky. He was asked to move to Nicholasville to run one of their service stations, and he did so. So he was trying to find, as he has throughout his entire career, trying to find some some sort of job. Okay, so he moves and he starts working at a service station. The business was steady for a short while, but in 1930 it had to close down due to the effects of the Great Depression. So just another oh, hurdle happen. Yeah. That, that he had to go through and that every the entire nation and the entire world had to go through. Luckily, the year after, uh, Sanders caught a break. He spoke with Shell Oil Company, which I think many still of us... Still around. Yeah, yeah, still around and many of us know, and actually convinced them to let him operate a service station back in Corbin, Kentucky, rent-free. Wow, okay. So, once again, this guy, I don't know what this guy had, but he had something to him where he was able to get what he wanted. To quote one of my favorite movies, he could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman wearing white gloves. That is true. Crap, what movie is that from? Tommy Boy. That is Tommy Boy. Yep, 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 yep. (laughs) Great movie. However, there were some, you know, items to this agreement. It wasn't just, hey, you're you're doing this free of rent. So Sanders would provide a portion of his sales to Shell rather than pay the fees up front. That makes sense. Which, I mean, is great because you're protecting yourself. Great. You don't make make as much sales this month, so you're paying less this month than you would next month. So, brilliant. And with his affinity for doing fraud, I mean, you would make as much (laughs) as you want. Say, oh, we just had a bad week. Sorry, guys. Right, right. The business wasn't doing that great. It was doing okay. So Sanders decided to start selling meals to attract people into his his rest or sorry into his service station, and he specifically wanted to go after truckers since he had a service station. I think we kind of see that today a lot. Of, you know, when you're on big trips, you got the loves and you've got uh, what's Sinclair, that? Sinclair, and things like that that sure. have all those restaurants and things within it. So think of that. That's what he kind of wanted to create. If I may. When is the last time you were on a road trip? Was it when you moved back down from Utah? Last time I was on a road trip. Yeah, when we moved from Colorado was the last okay. time. You stopped at some truck stops, I assume. Of course, yeah. None of them are. They're not. They're terrible. None of them are nice. None of them are like, hey, this is a decent place, right? Some of them are. Are they? Yeah. So I was thinking, Quick Trip. We have Quick Trips here in Arizona. I love it's Quick It's a chain. Trip. Can you imagine if Quick Trip started truck stops? Dude, that'd be awesome. It would. They would shut everybody down. They really would. Okay, so they're in, it's in Texas. I haven't been to one, but I think it's called like BG's or something. And it's it's a tr- it's truck stop, like we're talking about. And has like award-winning food and like you can get like fresh smoked brisket and like... Oh, wow. Yeah. And it, I, parent, I, I saw it on a YouTube video and it, it absolutely looked awesome. But uh, yeah, there are truck stations out there. So s- that is somewhere few and far between because I have taken a truck to Texas... I've, I've driven all over the place, and I've never stopped at a truck stop that I was like, hey, I wouldn't mind taking a dump here. They're all, there's like a baby on the floor in every bathroom, and like blood everywhere, and they're awful. But every time I go to a Quick Trip, it's clean and tidy, and it doesn't smell like Mm-mm. something just happened in there. And even Quick Trips in like sketchy areas are still super nice. Oh yeah, I worked in South Phoenix for a while, yeah. and Quick Trips were still some of the cleanest things down there. Right, right, right. So, sorry to get off topic. Oh, you're totally right? fine. So he wanted to, you know, he wanted to bring people in with food. He was known for serving country-style meals like his mother taught him and what he was used to. Things such as hams, steaks, and you guessed it, fried chicken. Sure. So that, those were his staples. Now, fried chicken was definitely a fan favorite. 
Only problem is, to pan fry chicken, it took forever. Yeah. So that was something you couldn't get in and out. And speed was extremely important due to just the traveling nature of the clientele that he had. So he decided to create a new method of cooking chicken. He would still use the the secret ten or sorry eleven herbs and spices that he learned from his mom, but now instead of pan frying, he actually created a method to fry chicken using a pressure cooker. Okay. He patented this process. So the process would eventually be known as pressure frying, and the chicken was just flying out the window because he was able to cook it so fast. And people would travel all around to have a taste of Harlan's chicken. So at this time, it was known as Harlan's chicken. So does KFC deep fries now, don't they? They do. So I wonder how if it would taste better if it was pressure fried. It probably did. And we'll talk about that a little bit later um, because there was a transition at one point. And let's just say Sanders didn't like the chicken. Gotcha. Okay. The chicken itself was known as Harlan's Chicken. The restaurant wasn't called that. But he would eventually open up a restaurant right next to the service station called Sanders Cafe. Okay. Okay. So this is the first time that we're seeing a, a restaurant. standalone restaurant. A standalone okay. restaurant. Still not KFC, still not Kentucky Fried Chicken at this point, but this is his first dive into into the restaurant business. As even when we see today, with success always comes competition. So you create the next latest and greatest thing, someone else is going to want a piece of that pie. This was no different for Sanders. Shortly after his fried chicken became like this local success, and not just local, like there was people outside the local neighborhood that were coming in for this. Another name, another man by the name of Matt Stewart opened up a competing chicken restaurant. However, instead of trying to provide better product or invest in better marketing, he literally just stole customers from Harland. And how he did this is Stewart altered a sign and hit, altered numerous signs within the town that would direct them to... Sanders Cafe, he would literally change the arrows and have it point to his location instead. And obviously, Sanders was infuriated by this. He was pissed off. So if he fought somebody for a couple dollars in a courtroom, did he murder this guy? (laughs) Close. So instead of taking, like, legal action, like you would think, or, you know, some sort of civil matter, or doing it in in a civil matter, once again, his violent side came up. So... (laughs) Sanders and two Shell district managers rushed to the scene because nice. he heard that, they, he, that it was vandalizing one of his signs. However, when they arrived, Stewart, not Sanders, pulled out a gun, then shot and killed one of the Shell managers, Robert Gibson. Sanders then returned fire, wounded Stewart. Although Stewart did live, he was no longer competition because he ended up being convicted for murder and sentenced to 18 <laughs> years in prison. And Sanders was just defending himself. He was just defending himself. Absolutely. Yeah. So all Thanks. the only thing Sanders did is Sanders went to go confront him. Sure. At least this is what the story tells. He went to go confront him because he was vandalizing one of his signs. He gets there. Stuart shoots, hits one of the shell people. They die. Harlan fires back, wounds him. God and, bless him for defending himself. Yeah. Amen. Second Amendment right. <laughs> Hey, that's 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 a quick and easy way to get rid of competition. Get him, you shoot him. You don't even have to frame him. It's you get them convicted for mur- murder. I wonder if you just kind of push that guy in front of him here. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Will you fall on the sword or take a bullet literally for this restaurant? <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. So so competition was gone. Uh, the restaurant's success would continue to grow along with local popularity. He eventually became so famous in Kentucky. 
that in 1935, Governor Ruby Lafoon would issue a ceremonial decree that gave Sanders the title of Honorary Colonel. So that's where it came from. Yes. So okay. he, is, he is not a colonel in the military. He is an honorary colonel in the state so of Kentucky. So why honorary colonel? Why not honorary major or honorary whatever? I, I am not sure, but apparently there was the, there was the title of honorary colonel. We're going to give you the, one of the hardest ones to spell. It's either this yeah. or sergeant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. I, it, it, it's such a... The English language is just a weird language across oh, yeah. the board. But Colonel, not a single R in there. Colonel. Colonel, <laughs> yes. The, see, this is where Sanders. Benjamin Franklin had the right idea. <laughs> Phonetic language, <laughs> yes. yes. Completely agree. At this point, he did not really embrace that title, but he received his second honorary commission. He began to embody the persona. So later on in life, it, was much, it wasn't much later, but it was later, um, when he got that second one. This is when he began to sport the signature look that we know today. He decided on a white suit. So he originally wore a black suit as part of his persona, but flour would get on it. So it would be black okay. with a bunch of white spots. So he decided to switch to white, hide the flower stains, and then he would even bleach his mustache and goatee to be to white, white like his hair. You know, the caricature on the side of the box at KFC was actually inspired. And if you look at it, it's, it's kind of like a Photoshop face. Harlan Sanders was a little bit of a bigger gentleman. At least I, I wouldn't say he was, he'd be heavy. <laughs> he wasn't necessarily fat, but he just had rounder features. Where I feel like the guy is pretty angular on the dude ate fried chicken every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, my dad is gonna going to hate me when I say this, but every time I look at the KFC logo, I see my dad in like eight, like 10, 12 years. <laughs> I don't know why my dad used to wear glasses. My dad doesn't wear glasses anymore. He had LASIK. But with glasses, there's just something about it that it looks exactly like my dad. And dad, I'm so sorry you're going to kill me, but I think Colonel Sanders looks like you. The cartoon character, so, not the actual Colonel Sanders. You need to get him a white suit and black tie. I really should. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, show you, I'll show you a picture after Please this. Please do. Unfortunately, I met your uh, dad, but now I can't picture him. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, my, uh, my audience, you're not going to get a picture of my dad. Yeah. But you can probably find a picture of him online. <laughs> His name is Colonel Sanders? <laughs> that is actually my father. And just to be clear, I don't think he looks like Colonel Sanders. He looks like the character Colonel Sanders. <laughs> and not the video game character. <laughs> uh, <Ooh>, Colonel Son. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, he, he, he did the persona and started using that later on. However, let's go back. So we talked about 1935. He got his his honorary colonel. Now we're going back to 1939. This is the year that the famous food critic, Duncan Hines, included the restaurant in Adventures in Good Eating. Why do I know that name? I don't know. I didn't know that name. And it's Hines, H-I-N-E-S, not Hines like the ketchup. Anyway, why, why Cliff's looking that person up. The guide was for restaurants throughout the U.S., and just leading tourists there. So this made Sanders Cafe a national culinary destination. So this really put him onto the map. The following year, the Colonel would finalize his secret recipe. And this included the herbs and spices, the way he cooked it. So in about 1940, he finally just kind of put it all together as one. Unfortunately, his success came to an abrupt halt in 1941. 
Why do you think there was a halt in 1941? Um, I don't know. There was this big like thing World called War the II? World War, <laughs> called the Second World War, and there was gas rations throughout the U.S. People was, couldn't travel anymore. Rations for everything. Yeah. yeah. So instead of people driving to his restaurant or going, you know, just traveling in, in general, making that a stop, no one was coming. So in 1941, the the business pretty much shut down. He had to close up shop and ended up moving all the way to Seattle to, to work. Um, and I believe he still worked with Shell. But, yeah, he moved to Seattle for, for a period of time. Okay. So you'd think, oh, he's done. That's, that's it. And for the next 10 years, his restaurant success would be put on hold. And not until 1952. So at the age of 62 years old, he came up with the idea of what we know today as Kentucky Fried Chicken. The colonel came up with a plan. Rather than start up another restaurant like he did, he thought, why not sell the recipe and the business and the methods? So you've come up with this recipe. You've come up with a special method of cooking chicken. So why not just sell it to other restaurants instead of taking the risk of overhead, everything that comes along with a restaurant? He decided to, to sell it in that sort of method. He worked with an individual by the name of Pete Harmon to open up his first Kentucky Fried Chicken. Guess where the very first KFC was created? Seattle. It was not Seattle. Okay, where? It was in good old Salt Lake City, Utah. And he still called it Kentucky Fried Chicken? So, and we'll talk about that just in just a second. There's a specific reason why they called it Kentucky Fried Chicken. The They hired a kind of an ad agency to bring in to kind of start this franchise and a painter within the marketing agency said, you know what, people in Utah will love this if they feel like it is Southern or bringing that Southern hospitality. Gotcha. So they're like, well, what do we call it? Well, let's call it Kentucky Fried Chicken. So it makes it sound like this, not foreign, but you know, it, it, it doesn't come from here. It's an experience. It's exotic, it's yeah, exotic. especially in Utah. Yeah. Oh, I know. You know Utah. Okay, so all you guys, I lived in Utah for five years. Absolutely love it. I I would move back in a heartbeat if I had the opportunity to. And I've driven through there five times. But it's beautiful, isn't it? It is, actually. I really love Utah. Yeah. And I've actually been to this KFC. It's, I mean, it's still there. It's still there. It is still there. Okay. It's called Harmon's Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay. Because of Pete Harmon, who owned the franchise. And it's, like, there's a mini museum and... Yeah, I had, I had no idea. And then I had some friends, or I met some people from Missouri that were in town. And they lived in, in Utah for the summer for an internship. And they're like, we got to go to the first ever Kentucky Fried Chicken. I'm like, in Utah? And so, yeah, we went. And they have a special menu. They have um, they have this museum. And it, it's like a whole show. It's a really nice KFC. But, yeah, if you're ever in Salt Lake City, Utah, and want a weird experience, go to the first ever Kentucky Fried Chicken. I drive up there to go to a different state, but I drive through there. Next time I go, I'm going to stop in Salt Lake and yeah, it's and it's right off the freeway. So if you're going, if you're taking the I-15 up north, right before you hit downtown, it's on the left hand side. It's like right off the freeway. We're going to have to do it because yeah. that's so cool, and that's yeah. the way we would take right going up to uh, to Idaho. To Idaho, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really hard to miss, but yeah, it's it's right there, and you would never think it was the first one, but right right off the road. I guess, and it has a better ring to it. Can you picture Utah fried chicken? No. Or just fried chicken or... Yeah. Yeah, it was... I 100% understand the the draw of it, especially then. People didn't travel as much, you know. So, yeah, I, I think it was a great move. So, the franchise continued to grow, and many other businesses decided to become part of this craze. 
Uh, during this time, Sanders would receive four cents for every chicken sold. So, every whole chicken or every part of a chicken? It just said four cents per chicken. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm assuming probably every... Well, I don't know, because you got to understand, it's the 50s, so four cents is worth I mean, a You could buy more. a whole rotisserie chicken for like $3 today. That's true. So I, mean, I imagine it was a lot cheaper then. Yeah. Anyway, four cents, we'll say four cents a piece. Or four, it said four cents a chicken, so I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> Unfortunately, the franchise was not bringing Sanders himself as much money as he would have liked. So it, he was making some money, but not a ton. And he saw these businesses making tons of money off of his idea. So he decided he would open up his own restaurant chain. So technically what it was is they sold Kentucky Fried Chicken. And as I mentioned, it's the one in Utah is called Harman's, Harman's Kentucky yeah. Fried Chicken. It was just kind of the title of the chicken. It was like Harman's selling Kentucky Fried Chicken. So he decided that he was going to open up a specific chain in 1962, the colonel was able to patent his pressure frying technique. And the following year, the phrase we all know and love, it's finger licking good, was trademarked by Sanders. Finally, at the age of 73 in 1964, he was able to create and sell the Kentucky Fried Chicken Corporation for $2 million. So he finally created his restaurant, got it all together, and he sold the corporation. Not only did he receive $2 million in the transaction, he kept operating rights to all of his Canadian locations and was a salaried brand ambassador. And if you look at old commercials for KFC, he's it was in, him. He, yeah. It's him. He's in all of them. And his face is on the logo. And so he was Kentucky Fried Chicken and he got paid by him. Have you seen the new commercials? <laughs> They're so crazy. My mom won't watch them. She refuses. She says that, that Norm MacDonald totally weirds her out dressed up like Colonel Sanders. She says it's creepy. It is weird. I love Norm MacDonald. So every time I saw him, I'm like, yeah, that's my man. I loved for a while there, they would change it, change Colonel to Sanders people. to yeah. different people. Now it seems like it's been Norm MacDonald for a little while. But he's so awkward that it just suits <laughs> it so perfectly. It really does. <clears throat> so, yeah. So he, he became the face... And it's what we, we see today. Uh, due to his popularity at the time, he would actually travel 200,000 miles a year for filming, appearances, and other company engagements. That's a lot. Yeah. But the guy was a genius. Because most people, they just sell their brand and it's done. But how about you give me some rights to some of the restaurants so he's still making money there. And how about this? We'll make a deal where I'm your employee so he's the face of the company. He's the face sure. of the company. So he's he made two million dollars. He's he's got money coming in with his restaurant. He's got money coming in with his face and his logo. It's brilliant. He's set for life. He's on the road. He's not paying for that. No, the company's paying for that. Yeah. They're setting him up. They're giving him probably money for food every day. They're giving him all that. He's mm -hmm. making bank and he's still traveling. Yeah, the guy's what everybody that's retired wants to do anyway. Right, which is crazy because he was such a failure before, and now he's. Just making hand over foot, you know, hand over, hand hand over, over foot. fist. <laughs> hand over fist, yep. Hand over foot, too. I guess that works. Uh, however, in 1971, the relationship between KFC and Colonel Sanders did, did take a turn for the worst. Uh, the company was bought out by a food conglomerate called, and I'm going to butcher it, it's uh, Hublin, H-E-U-B-L-E-I-N. 
Sanders was not happy about how the company was run after the purchase. Sanders is quoted to say that the gravy was slop and the ownership was a bunch of booze hounds. Nice. And I agree with him. Gravy slop. I I do not like their gravy. So I agree with you, Colonel Sanders. (laughs) You know, did you do you think he, you know, did this without a fight? Of course not. Did he shoot somebody else? No, he didn't shoot anybody else. He did more of the the politically correct fighting in this one. So, in protest to the changes that were made to show his disdain for this company, Sanders created plans for another new chain. The chain was called the Colonel's Ladies' Dinner House. Horrible name. Luckily, it shortens down later on to Claudia Sanders' Dinner House. Still. But, yeah, that was the original name. And he did end up opening... One of them with his wife in 1968. Now, the colonel was still the face of KFC at the time. So, he's opening up a competing restaurant. But he's still the face of KFC. This was a horrible look for Hublin. They threatened to basically blow up the new plans and and do whatever they could to, to stop the creation of this. And so, because of what they were trying to stop it with, Sanders is like, screw it. I'm going to sue you. So Sanders sues KFC for $122 million for trying to stop this new chain. In the 60s? In 68. Yeah. Okay. In the long run, the two parties settled on $1 million outside of court. So more reason, but still a lot of money. Sanders was able to provide cooking lessons to the KFC executives and promised to stop critiquing KFC's products. (laughs) And they allowed, they allowed the Sanders to keep the Claudia Sanders dinner house. So he he won that. 100%. There's no two ways about it. Hundred percent. And you know he just loved the whole time saying this. You're doing it wrong. Let me show you a lesson. See, this is what you're supposed to do with that chicken. Right. This is this is my stuff. Yeah. You know? Don't mess don't mess with success. Which unfortunately I think you see a lot of restaurants. They get bought out. They're great restaurants, and then they get bought out and they just turn to crap. Yep. Like, one place I cannot stand eating at anymore is Texas Roadhouse. I felt like Texas Roadhouse was really good for a long time. I totally agree with you. 100%. Because it used to be such a great place, but now it seems like TGI Friday Steaks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Texas Roadhouse for a long time, I don't know how we got on Texas Roadhouse, but Texas Roadhouse for a long time, there would be like one in like a city. And now they're everywhere. Yeah. It is literally becoming TGI Fridays. Right. And yeah. But anyways, this that's what he feared. But let's be honest, KFC has come, become that anyway. But that was what he tried to prevent. But yeah, let's get back to the story. After after the company had a rough patch in the 70s and 80s, so they still had those growing pains with this new this new company wasn't the greatest. KFC has absolutely flourished since then. It is now one of the largest food chains in the entire world. In fact, it is it has the second most sales for a fast food restaurant in the world. Who's number one's McDonald's? McDonald's. Okay, yeah. yeah. They have over 20,000 locations in 118 countries. Wow. I mean, this is all literally starting from a gas station in Kentucky. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. What, what really amazes me about this whole story is how late in life he started. So now that's an interesting thing to touch on because like you look at, there's a lot of people who didn't make it until they're older. Like Julia Childs is one of them. Mm-hmm. She didn't become famous until she was like 70 yeah. or 60 or something much older than you think success comes. Right. So it, it is fascinating. And the fact that, man, this guy just kept fighting. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They, it, they were a different breed back then. Yeah, they really were. And I don't want to say they as in general. I There are still people that are like that today. I think you're always going to have people like that. But it's just so cool how he just fought. And... It, tenacity. Just, mm-hmm. and I don't know. There's just something about that era. They call it the greatest generation, greatest generation. for a reason. Right. Man, they just didn't take crap. No. He really didn't take crap. <laughs> yeah, he'd shoot you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. If he didn't beat you up in court first. <laughs> Even through, like we said, even through this this challenging life, he lived to be 90 years old. Eating chicken every day. Eating chicken every day, going through, you know, a tough life. He died in 1980 of acute leukemia. So, not a great way to go out, but still, he lived, you know, 90, 90 years. Good. At his funeral, there were more than 1,000 people in attendance, and he now rests in Frankfort, Kentucky, outside the state capitol building. So, he, he's a legend in Kentucky. Absolutely. Yeah. But most of the time, this is where I stop because they've died. But I have another awesome story that has to do post-mortem with Colonel Sanders. Okay. So, apparently, there is a Japanese baseball team that has a story with Colonel Sanders. So, as as I've just mentioned, he died in 1980, okay? But a legend in Japan states that he is still having an effect on the living. According to the legend... The ghost of Colonel Sanders has put a curse on the Hashin <laughs> Tigers baseball team. So after the Tigers won the championship in 1985, so five years after Colonel Sanders died, they celebrated by going to a local KFC, and apparently this KFC had a statue of Colonel Sanders. And just being rowdy, they they lifted it up, they tore it out, rah, rah, pra- rah, with paraded it, yeah. around the city with it, and they threw it into the uh, Osaka River. Since that day, the Tigers have not won another championship. <laughs> they blame their drought on what is called the curse of the colonel. In 2009, they even went back and retrieved the statue from the river oh, awesome. to try to reverse this curse, but still have not won a championship. So even after the death, he's still fighting. Well, at least he didn't shoot him. <laughs> You can't find a ghost gun, or else he would. But this, this <laughs> it just kind of lives to his legend. Like this is a perfect story for for Colonel. Even after he's dead, he's he's still putting up a fight. That's hilarious. <sighs> so yeah. So and then you know at this point in the show, typically you know I go and I I recap the person a little bit. But why should you listen to me when you can relive his life yourself? KFC. For some reason, they're great at video game production. (laughs) So you can relive his life as the colonel, and you can play as the colonel. In 2015, KFC created a game called Colonel Quest. No. This game was used as a promotion, and the game goes through various stages of Sanders' life. In one level, you are challenged with bouncing newborn babies off of a trampoline. The instructions to this level read... Catch as many babies as you can so the colonel won't get sued for malpractice. I'm, I'm buying this game. I don't care how much so, it costs. So, yeah. So, you're, the whole goal... And you can... I, I watched it on YouTube. You literally have this trampoline and you're running around trying to bounce these babies off and these of the screen. These aren't baby chicks or chickens. No, they are, these are baby human beings. And it's funny... Each baby is like a different race. So you have like white babies, black babies, oh Asian babies, you know, Hispanic babies. It, it, it's hilarious. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's one level. In another level called Courtroom Brawl, you are tasked... (laughs) So in this Courtroom Brawl level, you are tasked to punch your client in the face to earn a golden drumstick. Okay. I need to work with KFC because this just sounds like my dream job. (laughs) I mean... So, I, tr- I I tried really hard to find a playable version of this game online, and I couldn't. But if you go to if you go to YouTube and type in Colonel Quest, there's playthroughs, and it is hilarious. Oh my god. So, in this episode, we've talked about two video games. So, during our break, me and Cliff looked through the, uh, the comments of the <laughs> I Love Colonel Sanders video game. So, go read the negative and the positive comments. Oh, it's totally worth it. A lot of it's not safe for work, not safe for kids, FYI, but absolutely hilarious. And, and right after you read those reviews on Steam, go to YouTube and watch Colonel Quest. It's hilarious. Yeah, I have it pulled up. I'm going to watch it when we're done. <laughs> I, I, the stories I found while researching this guy were extraordinary. It, this was by far the most fun I've had researching in the few weeks that we've been doing this. Now, Marie Curie was more intellectually exciting, where this one, it was just, like, so much fun. It was I don't hilarious. Think I've laughed. I haven't laughed this much during a podcast. <laughs> no, we, we haven't laughed this, this much. This is so much fun. This, this is my favorite episode. This, this one's yet. fantastic. So, okay, what did you learn today? I learned about the colonel. I didn't know any of this. I figured this was just some straight-laced dude who always wanted to cook chicken mm-hmm. his entire life yeah. and figured that he did it and he made massive success and just had a peaceful life cooking chickens. I had no idea that he was a courtroom brawler yeah. and an amateur gynecologist <laughs> and a tire salesman and you name it. Yeah, he was everything. The thing, I, I, it just you look at his life and it's like, do not give up. Like, oh yeah. Just work your tail off and something good's going to happen. Yeah. Typically. It doesn't always, but this guy just proves that hard work and determination can can do some crazy things. But man, I think my favorite part is all the video games with this. <laughs> I mean Well, you and I both love video games. Yeah. And that just makes it so perfect. I cannot believe that KFC has come out with multiple video games. And the reviews on them are great. Like it's gotta be a joke oh, with yeah. how good they are. But we saw somebody that had 212 hours on the game. Uh, that's nuts. Like, like, that's crazy. Like, I've had Skyrim essentially since it came out. Mm-hmm. Which has been, what, a decade now? Oh, gosh, yeah. More it's than been that. a long time. And I have a little, like, over, like, 1,400 hours into it. You have that's, 14? Dude, I, I love Skyrim. Oh, my gosh. But that's over... Yeah. How many... How many... A decade? Maybe. Came out in with what 360 and PS. I want to say it came out. Yeah, because I had it for PS3. Yeah. So I want to say it was like 2008 or something. It was. It was quite a while ago. Let me see when that exactly that was. So, but I have on Steam. Last time I checked, it was. I want to say it was 1400 hours. That's crazy. I, I mean, and I know I have a lot of hours, but in World of Warcraft. But that's playing yeah. off and on since what that came out in 2005. Yeah. I, that's one of the reasons that I quit playing Warcraft because I, I did the slash played and lucked and I'm like I can't believe I've wasted that <laughs> much time so Skyrim came out uh, 2011 so we're okay alright so nine so years still nine years that's still. a long time yeah so but 
Anyway, that's that's the life and uh, haunting of Colonel Sanders. Uh, to quote the late great Colonel Sanders, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. <laughs> what movie is that from again? <laughs> Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> so, and real quick, Duncan Hines, the reason that sounds so familiar, cake mixes. Oh. Duncan Hines makes, you know, classic yellow, your chocolate, your devil's food cake, angel's food cake. So they became their own brand. They're now owned by, or they were owned by ConAgra Foods. Okay. Which I'm sure you've heard of. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, next time you go to like Fry's or whatever, go down the cake mix aisle and look for Duncan Hines because they're everywhere. So that's why it's Thank you, Duncan Hines, for making Kate or uh, Colonel Sanders so famous. Absolutely. So. Cool, cool. Well, you know, if you really like this episode, you can get involved with us uh, outside of the show. So, Cliff, how can they get involved with us? You can find us on all the social medias. You can find us on Reddit. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on you know Facebook. Everywhere. We're humanizing history pretty much everywhere. Yeah. On Reddit, we're humanizing underscore history. Right. Other than that, you can email us at humanizinghistory at gmail.com. And we would appreciate any feedback you guys can give us. Please email us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. And please jump on iTunes and give us a review. We'd like to know how we're doing. So far, we have five reviews, and I appreciate every single one of them. Yeah, and it's, it's cool to see the, the response that we're getting on the show. This is by far way more than we would have thought. Guys, we're almost at 300 listens, and we've been doing this for, what, a month? Not even. Not That's even. Crazy. So It'll be a month this coming Wednesday. That's insane. And we're at 282 plays. Well, we want to just thank everybody. And remember, if you guys want to become part of the show, send in those recordings. We've already had a few people call in, and they are fantastic. Most of you guys that sent those in, we're definitely going to be using them. I've been laughing or crying or, you know, they're they're just great, great recordings. So keep them coming. Be part of the show. Uh, We're excited to see uh, where this goes. Absolutely. And I'd I'd love to say thank you to all of our new listeners. We have had just an explosion recently from outside the U.S. Everywhere from the Republic of Lithuania to Turkey. Indonesia and Ireland are our newest countries. So thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Well, one last thing before we go. Uh, We are in the process of uh, getting a website created. So within the next week or so, uh, you can also check us out on our website. But we appreciate everybody joining in today. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, absolutely. Love each other. Be nice. Don't forget your history. Peace out. Peace out.